rumor, a currently circulating story or report of uncertain or questionable truth. This is Rumors of Grace, where I talk to people rumored to have found beauty and truth in broken and uncommon places. Welcome to this episode of Rumors of Grace. Uh, We have a very special guest today. My friend Doug Mann is on the phone with me. Doug, you're in Colorado, correct? That that's right, Bob. Yeah, yeah. And hey, thanks for having me on your uh, podcast and everything. Um, and great. It's great to always uh, chat with you, and and always great to reconnect with you. Thanks, Doug. You know, we go back several years. I uh, when I was running my marketing agency, uh, I know you were working. Yeah. You were working at a publisher. We connected, and uh, I think we did some work on a book. You, you were very kind to. Uh, actually uh, paint me a beautiful painting that I still own and hanged in my I had it hung in my office for years and now I have yeah, it on very cool. I have it on my wall here at home um, so before we get into all of that uh, one of the things that I want to talk about right out of the gate is Doug you've written a book called burning ships lead the life you were made to live and it's so intriguing it's a beautiful cover um, I know I'm just get I'm just getting into it, but uh, you you make this you make this kind of uh, premise on it that I th- find is fascinating, and I think it'll set the stage for our, our discussion today. Um, one of the things you say is our destiny is not determined by chance; it is determined by choice. And I guess burning ships. Well, why don't you talk about? It? T- tell me, how did you come up with that title? I've had the title for probably since around 2011, and just the idea for this book. And 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 it it, it and originally it didn't start out as a book. It was uh, uh, after this this process I had was um, it, it was more of this. Uh, and probably like every other author or musician, whatever, it was more or less a personal outpouring of myself onto paper. Uh, in fact, journaling, and and really, it was. I got to the point, you know, you, you go through, as you well know, and, and your listeners, you go through these different peaks and valleys of life, right? Sure. Um, mountaintop experiences, and then you know, you're then you're in, in this winding path in the valley, and then you finally come back out and see daylight, kind of things. So it's just those seasons of life, right? So absolutely, you know. Yeah, so this really was more or less me jotting down on paper. You know, I just got to the point where I was like, you know, I it's more about self-care and wellness and self-help. And, and it was for me to uh, put on paper um, this therapeutic approach. And um, certainly not the authority in therapy, that's for sure, but... I just felt like, you know, looking through my own past uh, life experiences and everything and, and, you know, some really good choices and some not so much. But I was like, you know, it's it's my destiny is not determined by uh, chance. You know, it's not just this Mm. thing of fate. I don't have to accept that. It's really determined by my choices. 
Um, and so I choose to reframe my approach to life now at this point where I'm at. And the idea of, uh, and, and the idea of burning ships, mm-hmm. Doug, uh, is, yeah. you know, the explorers came and they said, we are going to conquer and we believe in this so much that we're not even going to give ourselves uh, a chance. Failure is not an option. So we're going to burn our ships. Correct. Right. Exactly. And, that, and that's that's what really inspired me because I've always um, really enjoyed studying history and, and you, you know from the early explorer. I mean, very early. You look even look at the Vikings, uh, even before Leif Erikson and uh, some of the Icelandic explorers, female explorers, and then all the way through modern day. But but really, what really intrigued me, and probably the two that everyone goes, oh yeah, I I know those Alexander the great um mm-hmm. and then and then of course uh cortez and and uh, you know you look at historically alexander the great um you know he took his forces and landed on persian persian shores and you know he burned their ships right there on the spot and committed them to victory or defeat and <laughs> right you know you're like going whoa okay that's you know, and then Cortez did something similar. He didn't. He didn't burn his hmm. ships. He scuttled them off the Veracruz coast. They rowed to the shores, and then he gave this really inspiring speech to his expedition. I think it was six hundred plus, and then commanded them to burn the boats there. And then they forged ahead into these uncharted territories, and and so that has always struck me. Um, you know this this committing yourself to unwavering cause and then and it is kind of like reframing your approach to life like okay i'm committing myself to this um whether it's daily or weekly this practice in a sense um and so you know i i just it it really helped me to to it goes back to you know that process and seeing that you know i do have control over my destiny and my choices shape who I am and who I want to be. Um, and, um, yeah, so, you know, I, I think it's just leaning in uh, from there. It's kind of like leaning into your future and moving forward. And and in the book, the, the last thing I, I would say just on this point is just what I point out to people is that, okay, you know, a lot of people go, well, what ships do I have to burn? Well, if you look at, you know, we all have these christened ships that we've named, whether, um, you know, consciously or subconsciously. And and in my mind, those Christian names, you know, they could be fear, pride. It could mm. be people pleaser, approval seeker, you know, arrogance, you know, all of these things. You know, it's really kind of doing that deep dive and uh, addressing these things within yourself and then just identifying those and just – and going, okay, I need to burn those to be able to move forward with my own life and lead the life that I was made to live and meant to live. Uh, and so it's just being well, what that, is that. What does that look mm-hmm. like? Back up. What does that look like? Yeah. So you say we need to burn those. So some of those are, are very big um, mm. concepts. Some of them we don't think are big concepts. All of us know, oh, I'm too much of a people pleaser or – you know, I have I have a tendency toward perfectionism that holds me back or, um, you know, I have a problem with uh, following through on things or whatever, whatever it may be when it comes to weaknesses in our own personalities and, and some lack of self-awareness. Um, when you say burn those things, what is the process that you walk people through in your book 
to to uh, I guess metaphorically burn those ships. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think the thing is is uh, what I've realized in my own life at one point was. Um, you know, living in your past, uh, mm. in a sense, you know, what are those, those things, um, um, you know, from your early days that continue to influence you. And so it's kind of like, you know, learn from your past, but don't live in it mm. in a sense. Don't dwell on there because I, I think in some ways that's operating from our own fear-based insecurities, whether we know it or not. Um, and, and I think for people who read this book too, you know, I think, um, uh, as they work through it, you know, what I've found is there there are more than uh, many people uh, and some with good intentions, probably most, who, who would tell you, you know, what you can't do. <laughs> mm. And so I really encourage people in the book is like, you know, OK, look, there's there's a lot of people who tell you what you can't do. Um, let me encourage you. Don't be one of them yourself. Mm. All right. Um, yeah, that's good. Well, and I know this is a good jumping off point too. No, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah, you uh, you have been a bit of a Renaissance man. I know you. You know, you were in the <laughs> you were in the military, and then you jumped from the military to the music world as a musician, <laughs> and then you started a successful record label, and you ran that for a few years, and then you jumped into the business, into the creative publishing world book publishing and i mean you don't seem uh, on the outside as someone who has uh, ever allowed anything to stop you doing what really you thought you wanted to do or desired to do or needed to do is that is that is that an accurate uh observation from the outside or is there more going on underneath the skin i think i know the answer obviously yeah i i think you know uh, I, you know, it's the kind of thing like, um, you know, where people say, you know, where it's said in industry, well, perception is reality. Well, not really, you know. <laughs> um, you know, it, it is, you look, I, I think I look at my life and I, I look at that journey, all those different things, and it's like, you know, would, have it, would it have been nice to just settle on, you know, a 20-year job, of a gig, and just, yeah, sure. But at the same time, I have gotten to experience so many other countries and travel and cultures and, and engagement with different types of people and faiths and and worldviews. Uh, I, I think that really is a wonderful thing because it, it it one it challenges what what is it that you believe yeah, you know you know and. Secondly, it really expands, you know, it's, it's not just like, well, gee, there's a whole different world and these people think differently. But, huh, I never looked at life from that angle. It's like if I just move my feet slightly and, uh, and approach life from this little oblique angle, maybe it'll expand my worldview and understand people uh, a little better and, and maybe extend a little more grace to them and maybe to myself, too. So, Yeah, I, 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 think, find, I find for me, uh-huh. Doug, uh-huh. tell me if this is true in your journey. That, and, and I've talked to other guests about this on this, on this podcast that – the only way that we're going to uh, shift from a very dualistic way of looking at life, you know, like a binary, um, yeah. us, them, right, wrong, black, white, uh, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it may be. And we find ourselves in this country embroiled in yeah. that. Um, 
is to truly get out and spend time, have relationship, uh, have dinner, have coffee with someone who sees and lives very differently from us, who wears different glasses, who sees the world um, differently from a different faith perspective, maybe a different nationality, maybe a different economic standard, um, mm. and truly spending time with those people. And that then allows us to say, oh, like you said, I've never seen it that way before. Maybe that's a ship and that's a way that, that we can burn that ship of, um, you know, we're, we're so addicted to certainty. You know, I think right. that's one of the biggest failures today uh, for people, whether it be people of faith or Americans or whatever it may be. If you hold on to something that you're so certain of, that's not to say that there's not certainties in life. There certainly are. Right. Uh, however, there's very few of those. And yeah. uh, I think that's where, you know, what you're talking about is so important and so valuable. Whether you teach your kids this, do this yourself. Um, do you think, it, I was talking to a pastor friend of mine recently, and he said the biggest cure for certainty and dualistic thinking is travel. Oh, what, yes. What do you think about that? <laughs> I would agree because... You know, and, and yeah, I, I 110% agree with that. Um, and, you know, I, I think for people to go to other countries, um, and it can be English-speaking country. You, you know, a lot of people think, you know, they go to Ireland. And, and like, you know, my family, my mother's side, you know, I still have family and a lot of friends in Ireland and Dublin and, and over on the west side and everything. And, you know, we think as Americans, we go, oh, well— the Irish, you know, they speak English. That's, you know, I'm I'm Irish because my great great grandfather or grandmother was Irish. Well, no, you're not Irish. You're actually American. You have Irish roots, but doesn't make you Irish. First, right, right. <laughs> Secondly, you know, we go you go into that culture, and the nuances. It's it's I equate the Irish culture, and and there's other cultures like this too. Um, where you stand on the beach and, you know, where the water's around your ankles or knee-deep on, on the ocean there. And you can feel the sand shifting beneath your feet just ever so slightly. And that's a nuances. You know, it's not black and white in Irish culture. And whereas you go to maybe some of the uh, other nations, uh, you know, countries on continents, um, where it's very, you know, you see like, wow, my culture is so different from this culture. Uh, whereas the nuances in Ireland is is probably, you know, it's, you know, it's as gray as the sky. You know, mm. it's always, you know, so it's that shifting sand, even in conversation. So, so I, I would encourage people, and, and I think the tendency for uh, for Americans, I've, what I've seen, and, and this is not saying, well, this is a bad thing. It's just I, I get it and I understand is you go into another culture and everything um, and and go – just don't go for a week and just see all the tourist spots. But spend some time and engage with people and, and, and not have surface conversations, um, but – you know, it's 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 kind of like, um, and don't huddle together in a group of Americans. You know, like move out and and engage and everything. And and I would say this, you know, whether you're in another culture, traveling, or even here in the states or North America, you know, I, I think 
think the one thing that we've got to get better at, and, and this is a daily practice and it's something I continue to still learn is, you know, yeah, okay, listen what people say and and be slow to speak. Listen with your ears, but more importantly, listen with your heart, okay? Um, and I think you'll learn something from that. Um, and and it always, I, I'm a big Tolstoy fan, Um and one of his quotes is where he said, you know, everyone thinks of change in the world, but no one really thinks of change in themselves first, you know. Uh, so I would say in the spirit of that, I would say first change yourself and then change the world. You know, go and, and you know, if, if you want to have one of those, you know, um, go and save the world moments or something like that, as I call them, uh, or reference them. I think we've all had them or been inclined to have those so um but i would encourage people you know like your pastor friend you know saying travel yeah yeah i think travel and along with that is just be mindful it's a constant path of discovery but it's also this constant path and opportunity for change for ourselves too yeah that's good that is so good um was there a time in your life, Doug? I know you've you've had a interesting journey, and I know you were bought, brought up in a in a Christian home. Was there a was there a time in your life that you had, or have there been more than one, um, you know, a crisis of your faith or a restructuring of your faith? I mean, can you talk a little bit about that? Was that a, something that was important to you that brought you to the place where you are today? Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, I, I think for me, it would be, um, I think the biggest ship that I had to burn uh, was despair. Mm. Um, and because uh, it is so easy for me to do that, and uh, I call it navel gazing, you mm. know, looking at my belly button yep, or studying, yep. study, looking down on my shoes and just studying at them when I have every t- opportunity, if I just look up, you know, and realize, oh, you know, um, there is a way out. There is hope. Um, and I think in some ways what I've learned that even even in times, uh, difficult seasons, times of adversity, I think there's always opportunity. Mm. Uh, it's just digging to find that and then just going, oh, okay, I see that little crack of daylight. Okay, I'm going to keep digging and move forward. And and then, then you break out into the fresh air and just, I can breathe. Wonderful. Okay, now, what's my next step? Let me assess my journey. Where am I at? Uh, let's forge ahead. Let's continue on. So That's good. Yeah, despair. That's a good one. Um, I know as a musician, as somebody who is creative, um, you know, there's a long history of, of artists and musicians who, who can, uh, de- you know, be close friends with melancholy. Would, would oh, yeah. you say that that was you? Oh, yes, definitely. Definitely. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I, I think a lot of people, maybe even people who know me, you know, uh, or I would say this, um, I would say there's a handful of people who truly know me, um, but many people know of me, if that makes sense. Mm. And there's a big difference there, uh, you know, and, and it's kind of like even in our daily lives, it's like, okay, we make the choices whether we know it or not. Do I really want 
to truly be known or do I want to just be known of? And I, I think most of us go through our lives even. Oh, that's good. Perhaps, let me let me let me back up. Yeah. Let me say that again. Uh, you said, do we really want to be known or do we want to be known of? That's good. Right. That's good. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and, um, you know, and I, and I think, uh, like, you, like you say, yeah, I, I like my father, too. You know, he was after he did his military time, which was, you know, World War Two, Korea and Vietnam uh, in the Army. Uh, and then he um, what a different man in his last 20 plus years of life uh, that I came to know. And actually, you know, it, it was such a joy too, Bob, for, to have your father say to you, um, especially after you, you don't have necessarily, I mean, you have a good relationship, but it's not, you know, this, this knowing of each other and sharing exactly. and, you know, it's, it's uh, but, to, for him to say to me and, and still be one of the, the most endearing things that I hold close to my heart and a, a wonderful memory of him is him saying, um, uh, you know, if if you had grown up in, in my era and everything, he said, you know, you're all right. He said, I, I you know, we would have been friends, actually, you know. Um, you have that mischievousness and you laugh a lot and, and you just, we, and we used to laugh and just cut up like kids. And so, and, but he really found, he really was this artist and, uh, and a wonderful master, uh, wood carver. Um, and, uh, and so we had art that we could relate to and music and things like that. And so, um, so that that was a uh, you know a wonderful moment that's wonderful and of course i of course i don't know why i'm trailing off onto that so well no it's <laughs> the melancholy yeah cuz he 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 struggled with that too so I, I i have certainly done i have certainly struggled uh with that you know i have these creative bursts um and then you know um you kind of capitulate in a sense <laughs> as well uh, so it's very kind of these peaks and valleys, um, and and so you know for me it, it is um, it is going back to my book. It is you know this just happened to be published. You know this is really my little journal of progression, and I thought, well, gee, this could help people uh, to work through some of their stuff, you know, and then at the end it talks about, okay, you know, write your story out, you know, now that you've gone through this process, what, what do you want to be known for that kind of thing? And then live out your story. Don't, don't stop at writing on the pages and journaling and then put it away on the bookshelf to collect dust, but then go and live it, be spontaneous, live out your life, your story, but then share it with others too. Mm. tell them, uh, engage with other people. So that's um, good, Doug. Uh, you know, that's so, so important. Um, and it's so, it can be so freeing for so many people, especially for people who have, um, who have grown up or who walk in a faith tradition that has told them that, you know, Providence plays a major role in your life. And, you know, God has a specific plan lined out for you and, you know, you are, you need to make sure you stay within those boundary lines or else, you know, it won't go well for you. 
Mm-hmm. And I love what um, I love what William Paul Young, you know, the author of The Shack. Oh yeah. One, yeah. Of, the, one of the things he says, uh, I read in a, one of his books recently was, "I don't believe that God has a plan, quote plan for your life. I believe mm-hmm. God invites you to come co-create with Him." Mm, and I that's lo- good. I love that. I love that. What, what what would you say to that? And what would you say to the person that says? You know, well, Doug, you're talking about like living your own life, making your own choices, burning your ships. You know, how does that fit into my into my kind of understanding of of providence? And, you know, you, you understand where I'm going with that? Yeah. Yeah, I think so. You know, I, and and I would I would agree. Uh, I mean, I think I, I do think God invites us to be co-creators. You know, I, I don't you know, I don't believe there's this. um this plan per se predestined plan that we're supposed to follow. And if we don't follow, we missed it kind of thing. It's just, you know, I, I mean, I think you, you can't just sit and wait for it to fall into your lap. You know, I, I don't believe it works that way. I think you have to, uh, or would be wise to chart your course and pursue it. And it's kind of like, and it is like, okay, I, I have been given this skill set. Or this passion to go and do this, mm. uh, whether whether people pay attention to me or not, that that should not matter. If you right. if you're doing that to to you know draw attention to yourself or make money, I mean those are wonderful things, but those are just very secondary, tertiary. It's it's like what are you what what is the driving thing that you're passionate about? And you know it doesn't have to be in the creative arts. You know you you know some of your listeners might be passionate about you know being the best mother, you know, to their children or the best father, you know, and what they're modeling and, and how they're shaping and molding this little life, um, you know, before them or lives, you know, and, and to me, uh, you know, that, this is just, this is just as great of a passion and calling, uh, as wanting to be, you know, the top neurosurgeon in, in, in all of history or, or the greatest, you know, rock star or author or playwright in my mind. I think it's all equal. That's good. That is so good. You know, I, I think, I think what you're saying and what I hear you saying, and I, I think, you know, I've observed your life is regardless of where you are in the journey and regardless of what ships you're holding on to, um, it's never too early or too soon or too late to really um, engage and hold on to that hope uh, that we all need that drives us forward uh, to chart your own course and to pursue those things that we're truly mm-hmm. passionate about. And there's so much, there's so much fear and there's so much anxiety and so much, um, so, so many people, like you said, have told us uh, our, our own self usually being the biggest critic, but whether it's family yeah. or friends or, or some sort of social construct, the church or your educational system has said, well, this is the way you do it. This is the way, you know, it needs to be done. And if you don't do it this way, it won't go well for you. And I think that's that's the false narrative that so many of us buy into, whether it's real or imagined. Don't you agree? Yeah, I I, I think so, and uh, totally agree. Uh, and 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 I think you know I think some people who buy into that, uh, you know, and do well, and then I think in some ways, you know, for other people, 
you know, it could really lock people up in some ways and, uh, and to where they're not willing to risk anything in a sense. Uh, and I'm not talking big risk, uh, but, you know, it's, it's you know, uh, faith in, its, in and of itself is it's 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 a verb it's not a noun you know it's it's meant to be exercise mm. uh so all it takes is that you know start your journey is that one single step right so and and one of the adages you know i forget who said this but you know uh and and i and i mentioned it in in my book risk or rust and 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 it's the um I believe one of the irish playwrights said you know well risk nothing say nothing do nothing and and it, I really do believe it comes back to our lives are really defined by decisive moments that we have control over. But if you look at it, if you decide to do something or decide not to, either one is that cause and effect. It has a ripple effect through time, through mm. our lives and others people's lives. So mm. when we fail to act, you know, we we really we alter uh, or relinquish the future in some sense. Mm. That's really good. That's really good. You know, I, I think what I hear you saying, and I, as I'm sitting here pondering your words, you know, decisive moments, decisive mm. moments define our path and define who we are. Right. Um, and that's that can be really intimidating and scary for people uh, mm. of saying, okay, decisive moments. And I guess for many people that that can look very different. Um, you know, a decisive moment can be uh, something as similar as maybe choosing what college to go to. Another decisive moment may mm. be whether I go to college at all. Uh, another decisive moment is, you know, who, who am I going to marry or where am I going to travel to or where am I going to live? And I think those those are are obvious, and all of us can pinpoint and say I've had decisive moments in my life. But what are the ones that are not so uh, obvious that are more uh, personal and um, maybe under the skin that we wrestle with? Uh, I know in your in writing of this book, and you're probably it's probably too soon to to know what people to hear feedback yet, but. What what are some other decisive moments and ships that 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 need to be burned that you mentioned um, you mentioned melancholy or or despair? Um, what are some other things that 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 you can really kind of help people to to understand or to maybe consider that they're not considering? Mm. Yeah, I, I think I think fear is a big mm. ship to be burned and mm. you know and and not just because of you know where where we are at in our culture or in the the this you know society and the times we live in uh even before that and 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 certainly into the future but i, I think you know fear insecurity th those are some big ships uh i think for us to certainly burn and leave behind and you know don't look over your shoulder uh and you know so and and you know and, and it's kind of like you know despite not knowing what the future holds and, and everything and the ch challenging encounters you know you don't turn back you know risk any i would say resist any thoughts to 
waver or be very resolute in your in your decision and, and lean into your future. Um, um, you know, and there's going to be some sense of nervousness, you know, or 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 sense of fear and making decisions like that. But I think one of the big things for me with fear is I really lived in this <laughs> this little land. Uh, I don't know. Um, or, or, you know, just like, well, what if I decide this and it doesn't go well, or what if? It does go well, then that's another problem. And then, and so I go through this list, um, or I used to quite often, and and that would just lock me up. I would just seize up. And so, you know, it's it's one of the things I I, I speak to in the book is, uh, in, and in my own life is just like, okay, I have a lot of what ifs in my life in my heart, and so. You know, it's kind of like, am I not willing to, you know, trade the what ifs for why nots, you know? And and, and to me, it's like, mm. you know, being on the sea and everything and just, you know, looking at the horizon and all the distance. And like, there's something to me that's very, this definitive invitation of why not kind of beckoning me. Mm. Um but I'm back here listening. Well, what if I answer that? Yeah, that mm-hmm. that's scary. That process is kind of scary to to set my future in motion. It's this pivotal moment in our lives, right? And so, you know, so I, I just I just feel like you know, so it, it is like I so I had to identify what are the what ifs that dominate my life, and then. And then I made a list, and then I, and I determined, okay, here's the ones that are the most dominant. Then, mm. then which ones of those? And it was quite an extensive list, uh, but which ones should really become why nots? And and it is going back to that passion and that sense of I don't know sense of calling, but you know, but but what do I want to pursue? What do I like the early explorers? Like you know, I don't know where we're going to wind up or how this is going to end, but I'm I want to be curious enough. I have this belief that we can do this together, or I can do this, and so what are my actionable steps to make my why nots reality in a sense? Mm. Um, and it's not just this one time kind of like, okay, yeah, I did that great. I can shut this little journal or book now or, or jot it down a piece of paper and just, you know, file it away. But I, I think it's, you, it becomes this practice almost, uh, to the practice of pursuit, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, that's really good. Yeah. Trading your what ifs for why nots. That's, man, that's strong. You know, so many of us live in that that fear. I know I can look at my life and see things on a daily basis and and or, mm. um, you know, in my past and, and trying to project into the future. Um, does the does does your book provide the tools and or um, some sort of a pathway to really journal that and to look at it and to potentially provide some real practical ways to to, to turn your, your what ifs into why nots? Yeah, I, you know, I, I think so. You know, I purposely wrote it to where it, it really is open-ended a bit, uh, for the reader. Um, you know, um, um, you know, cause I really want them to, okay, what, to determine, 
you know, because we all want to chase our dreams and everything, mm-hmm. but to determine not only to chase them, and a lot of people talk about that, you know, chase your dream, chase your dream. Well, that's great, but, you know, I'm more or less like, yeah, determine what those are, but go out and catch them and then live them out, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, so so the book actually is, is kind of, I mean, there's some very, at each section, very short narratives uh, after the introduction, leading the reader into a space to reflect and then another little short section to write down, uh, okay, so now how do I best chart my life course? And then some room to write even those little, I call them, uh, you know, aha moments, mm-hmm. uh, n- these new discoveries per se. Uh, and then uh, and there's space to journal. Um, and then there's even an area to kind of assess your journey, you know, like all of the early explorers or any, even the modern day explorers do, you know, you have to, you know, go, okay, well, this is, let me find my life location, my GPS here. Where am I at on this journey? And then kind of go that, look at it and go, how am I doing mm-hmm. in this pursuit of my navigation? Do I need to kind of redirect that? Is there a tension there? Have I gotten off course a little? Where am I spot on and moving in the right direction? So, um, yeah. That's good. That's good. In your, how, how many countries have you traveled to now? Oh goodness! Wow. Uh, ooh, let's see. Um, let's see. I've, gosh, I've been to. Let's see. Well, like, country-wise, let's see. I've been to. I would say almost twenty mm. uh, different countries, uh, and and not just for a one-week vacation, sure. but you know, extensively. Uh, um, and of course, I, I mean, I have some favorites. Uh, I, What's your favorite? You know, well, I, ooh, that's a tough one. But I, you know, because I have so many good friends and family in Ireland, uh, mm. in, in Dublin, and then I love the west coast of Ireland itself, um, uh, the Gaeltacht region, which mm. is only Irish speaking. Uh, and um, but I, I would say Ireland first, and then secondly. Um, I just love uh, Turkey. I love Istanbul mm. and then the coast uh, down by Chirali, uh which is near the old ancient city of Olympus. And uh, so just beautiful, beautiful. Uh, and then Malta is beautiful, too. I, I, those three come to mind. Uh, it's funny uh, you say Turkey because my oldest son um, mm. took a trip on the Mediterranean uh, when he was a uh, – freshman or sophomore in college and he yeah. said he said that turkey was his favorite uh he went to you know spain and italy and yeah. um up into morocco and uh all oh, kind yeah. of, and yeah. portugal but he he was saying that turkey he loved turkey because the people were so kind and so nice there yeah uh, and and it's interesting you said turkey as well oh yeah and, and I've, I've found that as well and and uh you know, I, I, you know, despite what the perception is, you know, it's it's um, it, it's just a the history of Turkey, uh, the country, uh, Islam, their faith. You know, you look at the arts, the sciences, uh, and it it is just mind boggling. Uh, and, and you and you see, like, oh well, you know, we. 
oh, gee, after all, we didn't invent this <laughs> or that. You know, oh, somebody, oh, wow, we're we're really behind the game here. Hmm. Uh, so this this is where all these influences derive from, and That's and good. and you, and you see history it kind of played out, and and you just. Uh, and the people were very kind. I, I mean, I just had wonderful experiences there. Uh, have a number of friends there, and uh, and hope to make it back here in the next year or two, uh, for and go for a month at a time. That's that's what I tend to do. That's wonderful. Um, yeah. Do you find when you do travel the world, Doug, um, that and you get to know people and you you sit with them, are are we unique as Americans in our ships of fear and self-doubt, or do you think this is a common human experience anywhere in the world? Well, yeah, I think, you know, I always joke like, <laughs> you know, when, when we travel as Americans, you know, it's like we look like, you know, as, as said in Western Europe, it looks like you're moving house. You have so much luggage, you know, you're relocating, uh, even if you go for a week. Uh <laughs> Sure. <laughs> so, you know, I I always travel very lightly, and um, but um, no, I I think you know, despite um, the, the differences in culture, um, religious beliefs, um, you know, on and on the list, and you know, at the core of it, you know, there stands humanity, um, and mm. and I I think at the end of the day, we all despite our commonality, our differences in language, whatever, you know, we want the best for our lives, the best for our families, um, you know. Um, and I, I think that, you know, when you really get beyond the surface, you, you see how much in common you have with people from all around the globe. And, um you know, uh, and how striking it is. Um, and, uh, you know, and it, and it really kind of washes away a lot of, I don't know, a lot of propaganda that we kind of mm -hmm. tend to buy into and speak. And, uh, you know, and, you know, some of the stuff, you know, we, we, we tend to, and I've been guilty of it to follow like, a, you know, part of the herd, like a sheep. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's good. Man, well, Doug, this has been so good, and I appreciate your journey. I appreciate that you now have, have written this down. Um, there's so many facets to, to who you are, and, and I appreciate your mm. friendship. Where, where, can, where can people get the book? I know Amazon.com, right? Yeah, yeah. I have it available at Amazon uh, in paperback and also the Kindle edition. Yeah. Okay. It's called Burning Ships. Lead the Life You Were Made to Live by Douglas C. Mann, and that's M-A-N-N. And Doug, I, I know we didn't get a chance to get into your former life of, you know, rock musician, uh, record label owner. Uh, maybe we'll have to do that again sometime, but uh, I, you've lived a fascinating life. And thank you for thank you for being open and honest about your your journey and giving us the tool to, as you say, learn how to live life without fear and uh, how to know your true north and uh, ultimately how to burn our own ships so that we can live the life we were really made to live. Um, so thank you for that gift. 
Yeah, thanks, thanks, Bob. I, I, kind words. I really appreciate it, and, and thanks for having me on your show, man. I, I would love to come back. That would be fantastic. All right, Doug. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Bob. Thank you. 